Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this bonus episode of Cruise Radio, an interview with cruise ship architect and designer Joe Farkas. Now, if you've heard that name before, he has designed 20-something carnival ships, so uh, kind of a rock star within the cruise industry. He's the guy responsible for miles of neon lighting on carnival ships, the uh, the crazy statues in the nightclubs, and that real Vegas feel. So uh, Joe did all that. And uh, the interview we actually did back in April of 2011, so it was six years ago. So if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you may have heard this before back at episode 77. Uh, if you didn't and you're new to the show, first off, thank you for being here. And secondly, I hope you enjoy this interview with cruise ship architect and designer Joe Farkas. Architect and designer for cruise ships, Mr. Joe Farkas. Welcome to Cruise Radio, Joe. Thanks. Good to be here. I didn't realize you're a Gator. You graduated from University of Florida, right? I, sh- I sure did, yeah. Go Gators. Long time ago, but uh, I uh, really enjoyed my time in Gainesville. Anybody listening who sailed on a carnival ship, you, Joe Farkas, have designed that ship most likely. Yeah. yeah Going back as far as, did you see the festival? Well, Ted Arison, the founder of Carnival Cruise Lines, gave me my start. He allowed me to open my own office. Uh, and gave me the job of redesigning the TSS Festival, or what became the Festival, which was the third ship in uh, the Carnival fleet. I had actually met him and got to know him well and laid the foundations for that when I was working for the architect Morris Lapidus, and we were doing the conversion of what was Carnival's second ship, the TSS Carnival. And from that, I was able to make a pitch to Ted and when, when the time came for them to buy this third ship. And, uh, and uh, Ted uh, gave me my start. I, I couldn't have uh, started an office without that project, sure. and that's what, that's what started me and kept me going for all these years. And I've been basically, for all intent and purpose, a one-client ar- one architect for the last 34 years. At what point did you realize you wanted to design ships? Was this a, a childhood dream? Well, the fact of the matter is I was always interested in ships. I was always interested in drawing. And when I was about 14 or 15, the first book that I ever bought uh, prophetically was called How to Draw Merchant Ships. And, uh, and I began uh, copying drawings and learning a little bit about ships, not ever realizing at that time that my professional career would take me into shipping. Growing up in Miami had a big influence on that, I would assume. Well, it did. I mean, the ships were there at the port, albeit a very different thing. But I think the major influence for me, and and very fortunate, was that I grew up in a tourist town. And, uh, you know, and I think as a result of all those years and working at a hotel and, uh, and just hanging out, as you know, as kids do, learning to see what people like to do, the, the experience that uh, they would feel on coming on holiday. And I think that all of that served me very well when my opportunity came around to actually begin designing ships uh, like this. Aside from the obvious, what are the subtle differences between a building architect and a ship architect? Yeah, well, it's the restrictions that ships have that buildings don't have. When you're designing a building, let's say a hotel, you have a site. And, of course, there are restrictions. There's zoning regulations that say you have to be set back from the property line or the ocean so far, and it can only be so high. But it's a pretty broad envelope to design something in. With a ship, you're talking about essentially a long tube. So everything has to be fit within that tube that 
not only is physically different, but the uh, technical requirements are so much different. I mean, the ship, first of all, has to float and be stable. It has to conform to all the fire rules, which are much more strict than in buildings. So overall, I would say it's a very, uh, very much uh, restricted in terms of design, aesthetics, and the technical aspects. It's astounding to me how these ships even get made at all. It seems like it could take forever. Uh, how long does it take from start to finish? Overall, to design the, uh, the interiors, the concept, not the general arrangement plan. That, that can take, a general arrangement can, plan can evolve over uh, a year or more. But designing the interiors took me, I don't know, in the, in the neighborhood of about four months. And then we would give it to the shipyard, they would elaborate on it, and we would work with them to um, finalize all the details and materials that would fit the budget and so forth, and then go ahead and and produce the ship, uh, including us reviewing all the drawings, all the mock-ups and so forth, right up to the delivery. And that basic process continues to this day. As your title includes both architect and designer, and as you're just talking about there, you're not only you know designing the structure, I guess, of the ship, but also, I mean, how detailed are you getting with the interior decor? Or I don't want to say decor, but y- you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's but that's that's the majority of our work. I mean, you know, when we do a prototype ship, which is like the first in a series where there's no sister ships, then we get heavily involved in the space planning. Right. which is uh, ultimately incredibly uh, important because it, first of all, it creates some spatial excitement for the ship. It creates a logical path for the guests to use the ship in the most efficient way. It also uh, allows the, uh, the service people on board to do their jobs in the most uh, efficient way. So mm-hmm. it's a sort of like a four-dimensional puzzle to, to design all that. So once that is established and we create what's called the general arrangement plan, and if it were a building, it would be called the floor plans, then we get into creating the interior concepts for all the spaces. And, and that's what we do. And, and when we do a sister ship, we take the same general arrangement plus whatever changes the owner may want in the, uh, you know, in the meantime, and then create the uh, decorative schemes for all the rooms. And generally, my work has evolved to a point that, I don't even remember when, but I would say in the neighborhood of 20, 25 years ago, I I came up with the idea that what I'm designing is what I call entertainment architecture. It's architecture and and interior design that is geared to take the guests away from their ordinary life and go into a sort of dream ideal world that they can just lose you know, all the frustrations of life, recharge their batteries and have a good time. And to me, that's what a cruise is all about. Am I to infer that you are pretty much like a contractor with the framing of a house? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're designing, you know, the steel structures and the beams and all that to the very, you know, last, uh, I don't want to say paint or, or colors or curtains on the wall, but, but to, to the, the, from start to finish of the ship, is that right? Yes, yes. Although, wow. I mean, I'm not a structural engineer. I don't design the steel, the size of the steel beam. Right. I work with the ship structural department. I right. work with the shipyard's air conditioning department because we have to fit in everything. It's right. a very hands-on job, again, from the total, from the technical side to where the walls are, where the ceilings are, where the floors are, where the stairs are. We're 
where the bars are, where yeah. the restaurants are, all of that. And then once that technical aspect is solved, then we get into what is this room going to look like? What, what a feeling are we trying to evoke? How will this room fit into the total experience that a guest has on board that will, in the end, give them this a feeling of uh, being in this uh, wonderful world that is completely different from their normal life? So it is a you know, an A to Z experience. Uh, we are, com- you know, completely hands-on from when the ship is nothing more than an idea and it ends up as a delivered ship when <laughs> the guests come on board. That's awesome. Have you ever changed your mind after the plans were already in the shipyard's hands? No, not really. Not, not, in, not in any meaningful way. I mean, sometimes we'll look at a mock-up and, and something doesn't look quite right, and we'll say, okay, let's, you know, let's modify this. <laughs> These are, uh, you know... Uh, very small uh, glitches on a uh, very complicated uh, composition. So we'll never hear Joe storm in and say, this is all wrong, destroy it and start over. This is not my vision at all. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have raised my voice, but uh, uh, it it, it has revolved mainly around when we deal with a new subcontractor that has never worked (laughs) on us, never worked for us. Right. And they have presented something that is supposed to be our concept. In other words, following the designs and drawings and materials that we've shown, only they've made a complete muck of it. And uh, <laughs> but the, even that is a very rare experience. And usually, I mean, I would, you know, if I spent well less than one percent of my time in in that. Uh, agitated emotional state that you uh, <laughs> that you try to recall so um, you know it, 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 it's a very professional uh, course, situation from A to Z and we uh, you know that's one of the things that I love working in the shipbuilding industry because the level of professionalism is so high and it uh, and I you know one of the things that I pride myself in is working with the shipyard as a partner, not as, not in a adversarial position, because in the end, it is a partnership that that makes the, the the best project in the end. So you give a little, but you get a lot more. We're looking forward to the launch of the Carnival Magic in a couple of months. Uh, being the sister ship to the Dream, are there any major differences? There are some significant changes. Um, uh, at the request of Carnival, you know, Carnival is uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, has new management, they have new ideas, and we, were, we have worked with them to fulfill those ideas. So, for example, our uh, steak restaurant, our premium restaurant that heretofore had always been on the top of the ship, has been moved down to Deck 5. That's one big change. We've redone the, um, the spa, created a new, completely new layout, and... Uh, uh, new interior materials to you know to create a new feeling that uh, Carnival wanted to do on it. They've introduced a pub on the ship, which I did not design as a German group that uh, Carnival is working into their design work. In fact, they will be doing uh, most of the uh, Carnival Breeze the next ship, but I will just be doing the uh, theater and casino on as I slow down uh, you know my career. Mm-hmm. There are other things, but, but you know, but it's principally um, the overall feeling of the ship is much more driven by the needs and desires of the Carnival Cruise Lines executives, and you know that was probably the uh, the biggest change for me is that uh, you know they 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 their new new management approach 
is to uh, you know get much more involved in the um, overall outlook of the ship, and uh, so it's been a little more challenging for me in that respect. But you know, this is what architects do; they work for clients, and uh, and uh, you know, it was not a difficult thing for me to do. I got to say, I'm just so impressed with your work and what you do. It's astounding that these these well, thanks, thanks the, a lot. That, yeah, that, that means a lot to me. It's it's so it's it's just amazing. Of course, you know, it's just astounding that these things uh, stay afloat. With as uh, high, you know, the bigger they're getting, and uh, and all that, but it's it's so good to talk to you. I know you're really busy off there. You mentioned you were in New Orleans. Are you still there now? Yep, sitting on the front porch of my brother-in-law's house as we talk. Love it. I know it's been quite a while since Katrina, but uh, how's it looking these days? Well, we haven't gone to the Ninth Ward. We we were just about to go and visit uh, my wife's old neighborhood in Lakeside, which was yeah. heavily hit by it. But it's coming back. I mean, when you're downtown, I mean, in, in many ways, the city looks better than ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's definitely an optimism and a vitality here uh, that, uh, that has, I think, reinvigorated the, you know, the real authentic uh, nature and quality of New Orleans. Uh, I mean, I, I've always loved coming here and, uh, and you know, continue to do so. We, we had lunch at Galatoire today. It was absolutely outstanding. Maybe other people who are still suffering uh, uh, to to a great extent wouldn't agree, but from from the outsider's point of view, uh, it's uh, it's just fantastic. Well, for those listening, if you've sailed on a Carnival ship, this is the man who's uh, pretty much created them: ship architect and designer Joe Farkas. So good to talk to you. Thank you for spending time with us on Cruise Radio. My real pleasure, anytime, and I look forward to seeing you aboard the Magic. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.